Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. Today, you guys get to hear from an expert, somebody who knows exactly what she's talking about. I will tell you guys, when you're done with this episode, go straight to her Instagram because it's like a dose of information about your body and what you need to know every day. I'm excited to introduce you guys to Dr. E of The New Method. Hello, Dr. E. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for being with us. So tell us a little bit about the new method. Let's just assume that our listeners have never heard of you yeah. and they're hiding under a rock. <laughs> tell us tell us about what, what, you're, what you're doing. Well, to tell you what the new method is, I have to first start with uh, my first business, which is called EG Healthcare. Um, and I promise you there's a reason for this story. So your listeners, you know, stay awake for this moment because yeah, this will we resonate. Love these this stories. will resonate. So I started EG Healthcare, which is a primary care practice. And you know, went to school, did the thing, taking care of patients. And so many patients would come in and say, hey, I don't really feel so well. And I would say, great, you're in the right place. And I would do the blood test and the blood test would come back fine. And I would say, you're good. I don't know what's wrong with you. And I say, I'd see you next year. And there was no malice. That's, I did everything I learned in conventional medicine. And there was technically by the tools used in primary care, nothing wrong with these, um, generally speaking, it was women. And I went along with my life thinking everything was fine until we had a, our own medical issue. My wife got really sick and um, she's mm. in medicine, I'm in medicine, all our friends are in medicine. And we hit a wall. We just hit a wall where all we were offered were really heavy duty medications and we just knew that there was a better way, which is why I ended up calling it the new method because my patients always know. So this was pre-internet days. 
So it was really just like finding things under a rock. <laughs> and we turned my wife's life around. We really got her healthy without any medications. Not that I'm against medication, but that just wasn't the journey we were on. And so I went back to school and I started going back to classes. And when you go into school for functional medicine, you discover that everyone's there is a medical provider who has either been sick themselves or have someone in their life that's gotten sick. And that's mm -hmm. how the new method was born. The new method is I called new because my patients know. They either know something's wrong with them and no one's listening, or they know there's a different way to approach it and they can't get access. And the method part is we try to make it very methodical, measurable, and trackable so that we can actually quantify our results. So the new method is for the people who have been told in one version or the other, it's in your head, or there's nothing you can do, or this is old age, or this is what it feels like to be 40, 50, 60. You're stressed. So all of those people who have been told, given this messaging, they know there's something else. That's what the new method's about. There's a great image on your book of a matchstick that's slowly being burned down to nothing. What was that about relative to what you just said? What was Thank that you. imagery for? Such a great question. That image is because if you take someone who's not feeling well and you consistently dismiss them, not for malice, your, your doctors are not malicious. This is just the wheelhouse that they have. Eventually, they will become very sick. So, and the underlying assumption under every chronic illness is that there's inflammation. And if you, if you don't feel good, you're inflamed. So you go to the doctor, you test their negative, they're negative, they're negative. That inflammation is not going anywhere because it's not being treated. So it's going to keep going and going and going until eventually you will become sick enough for something in your blood work to show up or something in an image to show up. So it's constant, low-level chronic inflammation that is just going to burn you out. And we've been hearing more and more about inflammation. Why are doctors traditional Western medicine? Why is it not addressing inflammation? Why are we having to go outside of that? What is it in the, in your experience that makes that something that is so dismissible, even with all this new information that we have? So it's like, it's not that they mean to dismiss, and this is really important. It's just the tools that we have in conventional medicine. I still practice conventional medicine at least once mm -hmm. a week in my, in my other practice. The mm -hmm. tools in conventional medicine is designed to find a sickness. Mm. Right? Do you have anemia? Do you have a thyroid issue? Are you diabetic? Do you have cancer? Do you have pneumonia? Right? And so if you are positive and you find one of those things, a pathology, an illness, then you're in the right place and they have the tools for you. But if you're just not feeling well or optimal, that's not going to show up on the tools that they have. And so they can't address it because they can't test for it. And then they can't treat it. What medication do you use for inflammation outside of like, you know, maybe technically emotions or anti-inflammatories? But what medication can you use for someone's like, I really just don't feel well. I don't feel optimal. Right. There's not there's no yeah. there are no tools there. So it's kind of going to an electrician and asking for plumbing. This is just not designed for it. Got it. That's a great um, example for us. Thank you for sharing that. Now, you talk a lot about, um, again, I, I referenced your Instagram, but you talk a lot about this idea of empowering the patient. What you just described now by saying the patient knows. I mean, your whole, your whole premise is that the patient knows that something is wrong with them. When you're empowering them and you're saying, I know that your symptoms are, are not in your head, 
What does that open up in terms of dialogue between the patient-doctor relationship? First of all, it opens up a lot of tears. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that first consultation, you know, I, I give lectures a lot about inflammation. Like, I'm, I'm going to be doing one next week. And people ask, well, how do you test? How do you test, right? So I give all these, this is how you test for inflammation. This is, but then I say there's one surefire way to know if your patient is inflamed. And that is just listen to their story. That's it. I don't need a test. If you're coming to me and you're telling me, hey, ever since whatever, I have not been the same. I'm, I'm not as focused at work. My joints hurt. I, I can't do the thing. You know, my, my life is just not the same. Mm. That's enough. I, why do I need more? What do I need more? And then I say to them, okay, you know, this is real. This is not in your head. And they'll say, I've already been to five doctors. Everyone said everything's fine. Or maybe I just have some blood pressure or, you know, something that doesn't seem to solve the issue. So, you know, I listen to the story and then I go back in time. I try to get the story from birth because it's all connected. We get one, we get one body and the things that happen throughout the year, actually, they actually matter. And then I say, hey, look, this is, this is where we're at. This is why we're here. And the relief that patients feel when they're finally validated, your story is real, you're not crazy. That in itself, like sometimes the consult, not everyone who consults with me continues, but the consult itself is healing, right? Because you walk away saying, okay, all right, this is making sense now. Like, you know, I put the puzzle pieces together for people and for some people that is just what they need just to know that they're just not crazy. So it opens sure. up a huge dialogue internally. Sometimes they go back and say, now I could tell my partner I'm not crazy. Like there's so much yeah. that happens to people when they're heard. Sure, sure. Well, they feel like they have agency too, right? Like yes. I've been listened to and now I know how to kind of step into that. What are the misconceptions you hear the most regularly that people think they come and they tell you their story, their history, what's ailing them currently and what they think it is that you have to sort of undo and say, oh, it's not that it's actually this, or let's, let's consider this as an option too. What is that thing that for many of our listeners, they might also be thinking, oh, I, I think it's just this, but perhaps right. it's something more serious or less serious. So the, there's, I guess there's two parts. Of First of all, anything that you're dealing with that's already a disease process, let's just say I have blood pressure, I have a thyroid, I have an autoimmune issue. That thing is not the thing. That is the tip of the iceberg that you are seeing and that you, that, so like if you have Hashimoto's, for example, that's not actually mm -hmm. the problem. That's the expression of the problem. So the first part is that thing that you have is actually the expression of an underlying problem. So it's that understanding that when we're looking at diseases, we're not, and we're treating the disease, we're not even close to treating like what's under the water. Right. But the other thing that people, for some people really have a hard time understanding is just how much lifestyle choices can create disease and can um, prevent and reverse disease. People can't imagine that when we heal their belly, that their joint pain goes away. Like, what's the connection? Or that their psoriasis yeah. disappears. What are you talking about? How does my food have anything to do with psoriasis? I went to 20 dermatologists in, in New York City. No one said if I, you know, come off gluten, my psoriasis will go away. So a lot of times if people say, my stomach doesn't hurt. How do you tell me I have gut problems? Well, because your skin's a mess, right? And your skin is belly. So the understanding that things are actually connected, because we're so used to going to so many specialists. We go to the GI doctor, we go to the skin doctor, and two never talk. 
And so we start thinking that these parts don't interact with each other. So starting to understand that it's all connected is a process. There's, you know, it doesn't make sense. We're not taught that it makes sense. Sure. And you got to see that firsthand in the story that you told about your wife, like how you were able to heal those things. And it sounds like you said through non-traditional sort of medical mechanisms or medicines, what were some of the things that you have employed, maybe you employed early on in her healing, but that you have found that if people can change just these three things, let's say, this tends to be, and I know you're, you know, you're diagnosing lots and lots of listeners. um, And so that's really hard. But what are some of the takeaways over time that you've said, generally speaking, if people can change these three things in their diet, they'll see a difference. I'll tell you my wife's story and then I'll tell you the three things and then I'll give you another case study. So, so it could kind of hit home. So my wife's story is that she, um, she had something called PMLE, polymorphous light eruption which is basically a, an allergy to the sun. So I always say when I met my wife, she was a vampire. We could not go outside yeah. in the sun. <laughs> yeah. And then, but we accommodated because so many of your listeners will accommodate that first diagnosis. You know, I'll get through this. It'll be fine. You don't really search for the, for the thing on the first hit. Then she developed severe psoriasis. It was so bad that like she couldn't put on her shoes. She couldn't open up anything like caps. It, you know, it was just a mm. mess. Her stomach never hurt her. She did not have gut issues, okay? There's no bloating, nothing like that. So again, pre-internet, we discovered functional medicine and we, um, she, was, she was at the time a strict vegan. So like her staples were corn, soy, breads, right? That's this, remember, this is before yeah, like wow. Beyond Burgers. Yeah. So, yeah. so we had to change all of that. We had to get her off of gluten, off of corn, off her soy. And we had a visual, like this was non-negotiable. The rash disappeared, like it disappeared. We were taking pictures and we couldn't believe what we were seeing. And then we, she was able to be outside. Like we can, like our, we got our lives back. We never ever thought of a life when, when, when we can go outside, when normal humans could go outside. And now we can. And all of that happened with nutrition. And that is when I, I was like, what the hell? We were never taught this in school, in med school, and right. you're just not taught. There's no connection between psoriasis and food. It's not discussed. It was completely, it, it was insanity. Like when they told us to do it, I thought it wasn't going to work. So went back to school, got the PhD, and the understanding that 70% of your immune system is in your belly, seven zero. So if your belly is not happy for whatever reason or the things you're putting in, you're sensitive, it's going to whack out your immune system, right? It's 70% is right there. So to answer your question, and then we'll go into a case study, is if you're suffering, and I put this in my, in my book, by the way, if, you, if you're suffering, don't run for the testing. Don't run for the testing. You have to do the basics first. You have to go on an elimination diet. At the very least, the most basic is gluten and dairy. The most basic. If you're still eating gluten and dairy and you're dealing with an autoimmune issue, you're, you're not even in the game. There's more that can be done, but at the very least, if you're going to start there, you know, some people, we have to take off legumes, we have to take off some more. And you absolutely must prioritize sleep. Hmm. I say this all the time. I don't care how much gluten-free ice you're eating. If you're not sleeping, you are not healthy. 
And then you have to prioritize some sort of movement. And I never say the word exercise because movement for some people just means going outside to the driveway. So wherever your movement spectrum is, you go a little bit more the next day. That's it. If you can start with those three things, you're already like 90% there. The rest is tweaking and layering on top of that, right? So I gave you an example of, you know, of my wife. I'd like to give an example of this one complex patient. Hashimoto's, psoriasis, endometriosis, PCOS, fertility issues, was already on three years of trying to get pregnant. This is the patient came to me. She's like, I just, I give up. Like, this, you're my last shot, right? So we started working together. We started with nutrition. And she was very compliant, like anything we said. So it was very easy to measure because you want to measure that your interventions are working. So within the first few months, endometriosis gone, completely gone. Periods regulated. Brain fog gone. Hashimoto's stabilized because she was constantly changing her dosages. And then, you know, a few months later, so everything was getting better and better and better. And her specialists couldn't believe it. And they were like setting her up for like the next fertility series. And then there was one area of psoriasis that just would not, it just wouldn't budge. Like everything else was getting better. That is when we decided to do specialized testing. You don't want to start there because what if you don't need it? And when we did specialized food sensitivity, which is not the same as allergies, food sensitivity, we discovered that for her was avocados. And she was eating so many avocados because they're a superfood, (laughs) right? Sure. We got rid of the avocados, that last piece of psoriasis disappeared. This is the power of just lifestyle modifications done methodically, not haphazardly. And and there's a little bit of a supplement gain, but that's not the main thing. You can reverse so many diseases at the same time Mm. by implementing a targeted approach to what is causing your inflammation. How do we know because you're giving us some real nuggets here. How do we know, like when we eliminate foods, how do we know how long we should eliminate it? How do we know what we should be looking for when we introduce a food? What's kind of a general rule of thumb? Do we stop eating? Do we fast for three days? Like where do we begin? Give us kind of the one, two, three here. So I like to start with the most restricted first and then slowly loosen up. There are times where for some people, they just, they're just not able to do that. And then we go reverse. If you go in reverse order, it's actually harder. If you're like, let me give up a little bit at a time. Um, for whatever reason, it's just difficult for you. It's not in your real house. That's going to take longer. It's not impossible, but it is longer. So let's just assume we have the other scenario. So initially, off the bat, I would tell somebody, grain-free, not just gluten-free, grain-free. Because there's so much cross-reactivity. Some people eat oatmeal and... It, their body's processing it as, as gluten, right? So people eat, right? So grain-free, legume-free. Mm. It's a big one. Legume-free is a big one. There's a lot of cross-reactivity from legumes to gluten. And then dairy-free, sugar-free. And that, when I say sugar-free, I mean even fruit, like just very minimal fruit. And you want to stay on that restrictive version for 30 days. Okay. But before you start, so we use with our patients, we do uh, like a questionnaire with every single thing that's bothering them, even if it's unrelated. Just put it in my eyes, my head hurts, my hair hurts, my my ear, whatever. It's unrelated. Put it all down and we quantify it zero to four. And 30 days later, we check in all the symptoms. This is the part, the method part. 
and pay attention to what got better. Because you might go in saying, oh, my, I need my stomach to get better. Maybe your stomach didn't get better 30 days from now. But maybe your brain fog's gone. Maybe your joint pain's gone. Maybe the dryness in your eyes is gone. Pay attention to what got better because something for sure is going to get better. So what happens with people is they go for one intervention and let's just say that one thing that they went for didn't work. But it may have helped other things, but they're so laser focused on this one thing, right? So that's one mistake people make. The second thing is that people expect it to be an on-off switch. Like, but I still get stomach aches, but I still get headaches. But do you get them as frequently? Sure. Did you go from a level four in headaches to a three? That's still an improvement. You might want to continue this longer. Did your stomach pain go from every single day to every other day? That's still an improvement. It's not on and off. It's gradual. So once you start really quantifying the symptoms and appreciating smaller wins, then you, st- then you can start tweaking. So either you say, okay, these are the things that got better and maybe I'll continue it. I need a longer time. Or you say, okay, depending, what I do is depending on what's left, which symptoms are left, like if everything are better except for joints, yeah. now's the time for specialized testing. Maybe we need to look into Lyme. Right. Everything got better except for fatigue, maybe we'll explore mold now. But you start honing down the symptoms that really responded to this initial modification, and then you start targeting the symptoms that are left standing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so much sense. It helps us to better understand what's triggering our bodies for future things that will ail us. Like as we age, we know that this is something that our body needs to pay attention to, right? So when we get to what might be the real issue, let's say, then you as a doctor can say, okay, now I know how to treat this this singular thing versus this these five things that could have been dealt with if you had been treating your body as your body needed to be treated or, or, yeah. or servicing your body with the proper food and nutrition. Yeah, and let's talk about what you said as we go into older age, right? So yeah, people who come to me are usually like level 10, something's bothering them. And I say to them, listen, first part of us working together is getting you out of this distress, but that's not enough. Right. So let, I like to use a metaphor of like finances, like you're coming to me with like twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt. It's not enough to get you to zero. Right. Sure. Sending you into old age with a balance of zero. We just got you out of pain is not enough. And we don't want you living paycheck to paycheck, which means between flare ups, one flare up to the other. Right. We want to go into older age with some savings. So this so part one, when we work together, or if you were doing this on your own, is getting yourself out of your distress. But part two is now optimizing and going into this part of your life with as much reserves as possible. And I really mean reserves very specifically. Like there is going to be a natural decline over the next 30 to 40 years. So if you can walk to your stop sign now and it takes you two minutes, in 10 years, you're going to be able to walk halfway in 10 minutes. So you want to be able to walk way past that stop sign at double speed right now so that you can walk to the stop sign 10 years from now, right? So now this is not a conversation we can have at the beginning because the person is really stressed, but I want the goal for everyone to be more than just getting out of pain. Getting out of pain is phase one. Building a reserve for longevity is phase two. And if you're not managing this right now, if you're still in that credit card debt, where will you be if 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when will you start this? 
What a great analogy. Wow. That's awesome. Um, it, it hits home and it gives us something to measure, something very specific to measure. I love this idea of walking to the stop sign and how long it'll take you. And okay, now fast forward to, you can almost anticipate what you're building that muscle for, what the outcome is going to be in X amount of time. So we're talking about age and this is, uh, you know, our podcast is for women who are redefining this middle third stage of life. We're not in our 70s, 80s, 90s. We're past, you know, our 30s. And we're trying to understand our bodies, including menopause, including perimenopause. What are the things that you see people conflating or confusing symptoms? I remember being pregnant and I could have shown up and my hair fell out and I was green and the doctor would have said, oh, it's because you're pregnant. Like there was nothing (laughs) that surprised them. There was nothing, everything was due to my pregnancy. And I feel a little bit like that now as I am still technically perimenopausal, but dealing with a variety of things that I don't know if I'm just irritated because I'm 55 years old and angry (laughs) at something (laughs) or if there's something that's actually going on in my body that is symptomatic of something else that I need to be paying attention to. What do you say to those of us who are listening, who are trying to extract what of my symptoms is hormonal and what might not be, what might be a sign of something else that I need to be paying attention to? So the first part of that is it's not just the language that people say to us, right? We go to the doctor and they say, oh, what do you expect? You're 50. So I'm 52. Yeah. And like, what do, you, what do you expect? You're 50. What do you expect? You're overweight. What do you expect? You're hormonal. But we buy into that also, right? Mm-hmm. You, you say that language to yourself too. Well, like you just said, you know, is it just because I'm 55 and angry? Is it just, you know, we normalize being unwell in our 50s because Every one of our friends is on six different medications. They're also unwell. They're also in pain. So it must be normal to be like this. So we, we also accept that as, as a reality. And we don't question it because it, our, our doctors are telling us that, our, our friends are telling us that, but it does not have to be this way. And a lot of the things that we could swear are hormonal, like hot flashes, I change people's nutrition and hot flashes go away because a lot of what we experience from the hot flashes is actually sugar fluctuations. You have a glass of wine in the evening, you feel great, you paired it with your favorite dinner, you're feeling sophisticated, and then you go to bed and you have hot flashes and you think it's your hormones. And it's not. It was your glass of wine that's being processed now. And now that didn't happen to you in your 20s because your ability to process is different, um, but it's not necessarily hormonal. So this goes back to quantifying the symptoms. So if we do the elimination diet and so many of your hot flashes went away, we know that wasn't hormonal. But if we do all that and certain things still remain, well then, then that's a really good time to talk about hormone replacement therapy. I'm a huge fan of hormone replacement therapy. But sure. I will not prescribe hormone replacement therapy on someone who's not doing the work first. Because how will I know if I'm improving, if they're drinking a glass of wine every night and giving me hot flashes, and I'll say, oh my God, the estrogen I'm giving you is not working, right? So you have to do the steps first, see what's left, and then you can determine which of it really is age-related and which of it isn't. 
That's great. And I think it's work that we should be doing anyway, right? As we, you know, getting to know our bodies, if we haven't already, this is a great time to be doing it. And just for the yes. record, I'm not a 55-year-old angry woman. I'm just using that <laughs> as an example. Um, many of us feel like we are just stuck with yes. whatever the situation is. And it's like, okay, to your point, like we buy into it ourselves. We might even stew in it for longer than we need to, right? Not getting the help that we need because we think yeah. it's just, oh, this is how it works. Because we believe nature it. Nature taking its course. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of those misconceptions. I think hot flashes is a great one. Yes, hot flashes are real, but they can also be symptomatic of something else like this sugar, alcohol kind of yes. um, overload. What are some other things that you feel like relative to age are some misconceptions maybe around gut health or weight gain or joint pain, exercise, things like that? What are some things that you see people maybe don't need to buy into that we have bought into? So you don't need to buy into that joint pain is part of aging. Mm. So joint pain, and by joint pain, I don't mean like obviously if you broke something or if you have a herniated disc, right? But that those aches and pains that you're like, ah, oh, when you get up from the seat or when you bend down to pick something up, that is yeah. not a normal part of aging. That's inflammation. And that can be managed. And you know how you know? Because you have good days and you have bad days. So anything that have good days and bad days means there's like levels of inflammation. Right? So that the other thing is brain fog and memory. It is not a mm -hmm. natural part of aging to lose your memory. You need to say that again. You want yeah. to say it again? <laughs> Just so we remember it. <laughs> yeah. It's not a normal part of aging. And you know what's really funny is I will tell people... People will say to me, you know, say, oh, I just don't remember anything. They'll say, you know, it's just because I'm busy. And I'm like, are you? Are you busy now that you're retired? You're busier now than when you raised your three kids while you were going to work and picking them up after school? Are you sure you're busy right now? Most of us are not busier now than we were. Sure. I mean, sure. either as busy, <laughs> but not busier, yeah. most of us, when we were juggling all of it, right, when the kids were younger and all the after school stuff and your career and their posters and their lunches, like so yeah. much they had to remember, <laughs> right? Yes. So, so, but again, it's gradual loss that we normalize. Oh, I can't find my keys. Oh, I can't remember the name. What did we have for dinner last night? And we normalize it and we normalize because our friends can't remember what we have for dinner also. And then, <laughs> right, in memory loss, dementia does not happen overnight. It's gradual. It's a spectrum. And it starts with what did we have for dinner tonight? And then it's, man, I can't remember anything without a list until we get to that, you know, severe stage, but it takes time. And all of that is driven by inflammation. So we're right back to it. We're right back to, and again, you have good days and bad days. You have days when you're on point, you're like remembering everything, you're getting things done. And yeah. then you are days where you feel worthless. That's inflammation, that's neuroinflammation. What is different from Wednesday to Tuesday? Well, probably, you know, Monday morning, maybe you went out, had a barbecue, maybe you had a drink, eat a little bit more than you should. Now, Monday and Tuesday, a little bit harder because you're a little bit more inflamed. Wednesday, you know, then you got your salad, you got all on point Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, you, you know, maybe feeling more on point because things changed and what you put into your system that will show up a day or two later as neuroinflammation. So I would say joint pain memory loss are two of those things that really we've come to accept as standard operating procedure for over 50 and it does not have to be that way why is it though 
that people, women in menopause or in perimenopause are dealing with truly this brain fog. Is that less a hormonal thing and more a state of our inflammation at that age? It's a bit of a chicken egg, right? There's no question mm -hmm. that hormones are fluctuating. There's no question when you lose estrogen. And there's no question that replacing those hormones are part of being healthy moving forward. Mm -hmm. Like bioidentical hormone therapy, I'm a huge fan unless there's a contraindication. So there's no question that we have this underlying, like, yes, we have less estrogen and it becomes less cardioprotective. And testosterone helps us focus and that goes down. So we do have that. So to a certain extent, there is this natural decline, but there is a natural decline on top of inflammation. Now, inflammation also makes your hormones fluctuate mm. and then your hormone fluctuation causes inflammation. So the part of your hormonal decline, there's nothing you can do about that. That is age. But the part of the inflammation that you add to it, worsening the picture is the part that you can have control over so that you can minimize the effect of that decline. That's super helpful. Wow. We should all have a Dr. E in our back pocket. I guess that's, I guess that's why I love your Instagram so much. That's very helpful. Thank you for that explanation. What would you say, I know two of the things you talk about on your platform that I have started to introduce myself is this idea of intermittent fasting and the benefits mm -hmm. of it. And also just, it's so simple, but water. And we hear it all the time and we roll our eyes and we're like, yes, I need to be doing better. I'm one of those people. Tell us what is actually happening to our bodies when we introduce those two very simple things. Okay, let's start with water because that's it's a short and sweet. Yeah. You know, you're mostly made up of water and you just need it to operate and you need it to flush things out. You need it for excretion, you need it for focus. Like you just, you, you just really, to optimize. Now this doesn't mean, I always tell people, it doesn't mean you have to get that obnoxious yeah. <laughs> jug of water and carry it around with you. Yeah, <laughs> Just drink some goddamn water. Don't make like a yeah. whole production of it. <laughs> so like, and you know, tea counts, you know, you can have some tea, you can have some flavor in it, but it's really like whatever you're thinking, the most basic thing, it, it's just basic. You just need it. You're mostly water. You need water. You need it for everything. It's really like, from your skin to brain fog to just being able to excrete appropriately if you're constipated sure. or you know your kidney health your liver health all of it needs water so that's kind of an easy one and people are amazed also how much it has to do with focus so if you're struggling with focus start start with drinking some water as well the intermittent fasting piece is it's such a, i'm not gonna say easy because it's not easy to do but it's such a simple effective tool to reduce inflammation this is not about weight loss. You probably will lose weight on it, but that's not what it's, it's for. Here's okay. the basic idea. Basic idea is everything, you, every, your entire system works on glucose. You eat a sandwich, it becomes glucose. That's your fuel. But you are designed to be able to live without that external source of glucose. You are designed to, if there's no glucose, if you didn't have your sandwich and you went for a certain amount of hours without it, your body will has a little toggle switch that will turn internally to its fat stores and convert that fat into glucose. Fancy word is gluconeogenesis. Now, who cares? Why do I need to do that? Because when you're converting glucose in, and when you're converting uh, fat into glucose, that 
process is anti-inflammatory. That's the state mm. of, of ketosis. That's what people call keto. They just kind sure. of use it wrong. Sure. That state of ketosis is when things start to clean up. It's anti-inflammatory. The, the, the body goes into cleanup mode. Anti-inflammatory. It's great for the brain. It's just a great state to be in. When we are dealing with people with dementia and Alzheimer's, we cannot even begin having the conversation unless they're in a state of ketosis. Like intermittent fasting is the first thing that we do uh, for anyone who's dealing with dementia or brain fog. It increases insulin sensitivity, right? So if you're dealing with any type of insulin resistance, it brings it down. It's just a state of reduced inflammation. I like to say it's kind of like only having to work for like an eight hour shift as opposed to having to work longer because, you know, dealing with all these foods and dealing, right? So, so we do, we promote like a 16, eight fast. So um, mm-hmm. 16 hours is your fast. So that means if your last meal is at 7 p.m., your next meal in the morning is at 11. And then you eat from 11 to 7. And right. you can modify that based on where you're working on, you know, your work schedule. But that gives you 16 hours of recovery time every single day. People discover that when they're on that, some people have a hard time in the beginning. That's okay. Go slow. Don't hurt yourself. Don't, don't get hangry. Get there when you get there. But people will say that they are their sharpest when they're fasting. Sometimes yeah. they're like, I really don't want to break my fast because I'm just not the same after that meal. Yeah. There's just, there's just so much to it. So uh, if the name of the game is anti-inflammation, intermittent fasting is like number one tool for that. Yeah. I, I mean, I have found a huge difference. Of, for me, it was joint pain that I was trying to tackle. There you go. And I found a huge difference when I did it. And I, as you were saying, the focus thing, I, that was a result too. Like all of a sudden I was like, okay, I'm not going to eat until noon. And it would be two o'clock and I was just jamming, doing whatever yes. I was doing. Yes. I was in the zone. And I found that I wasn't hungry. It wasn't just that I was pushing it off. I wasn't hungry. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> I have so many questions for you and I'm mindful of our time. And I would, what I'd love to do is have you come back on because I, I think there's more it. that we can unpack together. But I do want to just ask kind of what is the best thing for us to do to advocate for ourselves? We don't all have access. We're not all in New York. We can't get, a, get an appointment with Dr. E. What is the best way for us to advocate for ourselves with our primary care physicians or perhaps outside of them? So first I just want to say, I see uh, people nationally. If you oh, want good. to, you can. Oh, good, uh, because good. Uh, with functional medicine, I'm not prescribing I'm coaching, so there's so much we could do. That's but great. But that being to know. said, thank you. The first thing I want to tell everyone is don't get frustrated with the system. Understand its limitations and mm. use it to its max. So going to the PCP and just being like, you know, why can't you do like, the, you know, I heard this thing on New Method. They can't. And you're just going to get frustrated and you're going to feel that the system is failing you. It's not failing you. It's not designed for this. Yeah. So you go to your PCP and you get every test under the sun. That's possible that your insurance is covered. Yeah. You don't want to skip that step because you want to make sure that there is nothing wrong with you. Right. In quotes, you want to get the endoscopy, yeah. get the colonoscopy, make sure there's no cancer, make sure there's no anemia, make sure there's no thyroid. If, all, if anything is positive, you want to make sure you address it. But if all of that is negative, first of all, thank goodness, that means I'm not at that stage. You know, right. It's a state of gratitude. And then you have to find, if you're not going to work, you know, obviously w- with me, you need to find 
a functional medicine person to take you to that next level. You can't find this type of thinking in conventional medicine. It just doesn't exist. Yeah, it's not designed for it. And you, I think it's you've not articulated yeah. really well why it's not. And that doesn't make it bad. It's just right. if you're looking for, you know, if you're looking for fruit, you don't go to the vegetable stand. Like there you it's, go. It's, it's <laughs> very basic. And then last question that I want to ask you because of our listeners and kind of where they are in, in their journey, their health journey, what are kind of three tips that you would offer up for a woman in midlife to support kind of that mind-body health? Yeah, intermittent fasting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good takeaway after, <laughs> after your explanation. Sleeping seven to nine hours, finding, and that means if you're not sleeping, finding out what's in your way. Um, uh -huh. If that means sleeping in a different room than your snoring partner, then that's what it means. I mean, whatever it takes <laughs> to get that seven to nine hours. Yeah. I do have some women who are like, listen, he's not fixing himself, so... I just go to sleep in a different room. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever it takes, sis. I sleep yeah. And moving, if possible, outside. Okay. We can do those things. What's happening when you're moving outside, again, I didn't say exercise. If you're exercising, great. If you just move, what's happening when you move outside is it's actually helping you sleep because a lot of chemical information happens when your brain sees what time of day it is. It's preparing the melatonin for nighttime. It's increasing BDNF, which is a hormone for your brain. So it's calming down your brain. It's decreasing your cortisol level. So in that movement outside, you're getting so much more than exercise. You're getting a whole biochemical cascade that you don't get the same if you're at the gym. So if you can do some sort of movement outside, those three things, you're halfway there. Those are great takeaways. As you know, our podcast is called Liberty Road. So I have to ask you the very last question, which is how has launching the new method liberated you? What has it done to liberate you as a doctor, as a human, as a health provider? You know, that's a really good question <laughs> because when I first started, I was scared. I was scared that I would get backlash. I was scared that my colleagues would ridicule me. Um, and some did. I was scared to be on social media because some people are quite mean. And the more I kept going out of my comfort zone, the more people will come to me and said, your podcast changed my life. Your book changed my life. These three minutes I heard on Instagram changed my life. And I was like, holy cow. Like, so it, it took me out of my fear. And I was like, I, someone needs to speak this. There'll be a little backlash, but the amount of good that it's doing for people sure. to feel validated even if i never meet these people the feedback i get on my youtube channel you know it's this helped my daughter this helped my husband it, so it has liberated me to speak a truth for everyone who needs it i'm so glad i'm so glad that you stepped out of fear and moved into really this opportunity to heal people uh, to your point just knowing that they know deeply in themselves that something is wrong with them and to have a medical professional say to them, I believe you and let's begin there. And now let's take that healing journey together, whether it's with you personally, through your podcast, through your YouTube, through your Instagram. I'm so grateful that you, you took that first step and you're liberating us in the process. So thank you, Dr. E. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's really an honor to be in this space.
Oh, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And Liberty listeners, thank you. We will make sure to have links to all of the things that Dr. E mentioned, how to get a hold of her, all of her handles. You guys are going to be big fans. I know it. And uh, there's there's lots of daily doses of truth in her Instagram. So you'll have to check it out. Dr. E, thanks again for being with us. And Liberty listeners, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye for now. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcast and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to move into your middle third with intention. Liberty Road is created by executive producer Netta Jones, supervising producer Elizabeth Windham, producer Julia Windham, and music by Jack Jones. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.